Hot round. Red seven. Red seven. Red seven. Don. What? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means. Hot round. I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob. This is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is going to work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? Oh, get you the ball! Get me the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Tell it for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. Happy National Signing Day. This is 11 Personnel. I am Nick Rouse, sitting alongside Adam Luckett, where we are about 15 minutes away from the scheduled start to Michael Drennan's announcement. He's choosing between Kentucky and USC. Adam Luckett, what are the chances that this announcement actually happens in 15 minutes? Per the recruiting clock that I've assembled over the years of following recruiting, that means we will learn where he's going to school in 47 minutes. 47 minutes. Gotcha, gotcha. Sounds about right. So uh, the, the plan is to give you some live reaction to the announcement as it happens, maybe give you some behind the scenes of what we're going through. Um, and I, I, the hope is that you're not sitting around the whole entire time waiting for us to talk about this kid and what he does or doesn't do. To even further set the scene, we're 15 minutes away, and it feels like it's getting even weirder and weirder. Yeah, 6 p.m. announcement on National Signing Day kind of stinks. It just doesn't. Have to wait. And it's really the only one we're following because, of course, Torrance Davis, we found out yesterday that I guess whatever he needed to get in order, he didn't get in order, so he will not be signing as of today. It could change, I guess, in April or May as he gets close to graduation. But it's not really looking good, I guess you would say. Essentially, what was weird about that one I caught wind on Monday that he may not be signing. But all the while, he's doing interviews with recruiting reporters at with Josh Edwards 24-7. He's telling Travis Graff over at Rivals, like, hey, I'm signing. I'm, I'm signing on Wednesday. Everything's good to go. And I'm like, I'm hearing something a little different. But, you know, whatever. So yesterday, on Tuesday, I actually write the post, like, to have it ready, Torrance Davis signs with UK. Get done writing the post, go to start my Michael Drennan uh, post, which in case you all didn't realize, we don't just write all those things. <laughs> like, you know, they make the announcement <laughs> and we type up 500 Shh, words Nick, really quick. we're letting out all our secrets. Yeah, we're letting out all the secrets. But so I, I'm getting ready to start on the Drennan one and then, oh, Davis not signing. And since then, since he just said on his Instagram story, of not all places s- to put it. Oh yeah, great place to break news is on your Instagram story. He says not signing tomorrow. Um, since then, one of the guys over twenty four sevens like yeah, and th- these are guys who uh, Bill Green. He talks to all these kids, 
So he's hearing from that side, hey, uh, he still plans on signing down the road. But if you're hearing things, like, like that's, I don't If you followed this stuff for a while, it's... It just doesn't look it's good. It's a death blow. Yeah. Right. Javionte Richardson last year right. and that other kid from Juco. Like, if you don't sign now, then they're just I, – I think the one oddity was when they had Alvante Bell, who didn't sign, ended up at a junior college, and then, then just mysteriously showed up on signing day like two years later. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was so weird. Yes. It was like a D- D- dizzy DJ Elliott, like, got him. <laughs> and he actually – what did he end up – He ended up getting dismissed for a senior year. Was he got in trouble? Yeah. It I, wasn't like anything we actually found out about, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, it went public. But. but he was set, going into the 2017 season, he was set to be a starter. Yeah. And then he disappeared, and that was a big question. Derek LeBlanc's first year is that defensive line. Like, how big of a weakness was it going to be? Now, three years later, now we're talking about them pulling in multiple blue-chip recruits along the DL. Yeah. So. But Torrance Davis, yeah, it's looking like junior college is probably the most likely – Situation for him. But we've got another news regarding a JUCO guy, former UK guy, Danny Clark. Oh. Mysteriously, when I got on Twitter today, <laughs> Vanderbilt football's Twitter account tweets out, Danny Clark, anchor down, is now a Commodore. <laughs> and I texted you immediately, and I said, Danny Clark at Vandy, question mark? Yeah. I had no idea where he was going to end up. I couldn't even find a recruiting profile for him today. In in 24-7 Composite, they have the JUCO rankings. I went down about 100 to 150, could not find him listed. And then I go to Vandy's commits page, and they have three quarterbacks already. Oh. Two high school. Before Clark. Two high school and then a top ten JUCO quarterback already committed or signed. So (laughs) this is what happens when you have a coach that's – Everybody thinks he's going to get fired, then magically gets another year. He says, to heck with the future. i got to find a quarterback now. So what do I do? I'm just going to th- assemble as many darts as I can, and I'm going to throw them all at the board and see if I can get one to stick. And so Danny Clark is finding himself in Nashville, and Kentucky might be seeing him next year. I hope so. Mostly because I want to play the game – what is this Danny Clark pass going to do? It was my favorite game when Danny Clark was in town um, at Kentucky football practice because he would either throw a freaking dart, a laser, and just pew, 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 right into his receiver, or, like, throw it 15 yards the wrong way. This was a pretty fun game. Um, so I, I'm excited. I hope we do get to see uh, Danny Clark reunion return to Kroger Field. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of cool, too, to see all of his old UK teammates excited for him, too. Yeah. By all accounts, he was a pretty popular locker room guy. And I remember the catwalks during his red sh- – I believe it was his redshirt freshman season about him just yelling into – because they used to uh, make those, I guess, the highlight videos after the game. Mm-hmm. And Danny Clark was a popular guy on that. There was usually oh. all of him giving rah-rah type speeches or whatnot. Definitely. I um... And then Mark Stoops, when he left, said – it was always talking about how, you know, how supportive – or not supportive, how much they appreciated Danny and what he brought inside the he's just got, team. He's just got energy. He's mm-hmm. got juice. He's just a live wire. Right. But he's, he's not the most – accuracy is in his strong suit. Can we say right. that, Adam? He was yet? always a long-term project when Kentucky got him because he has a bazooka arm. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. And when you 
put on his Duco tape, you can see some of that with some of the throws he makes. Right. But it's also the down-to-down type stuff, making the right reads, and then delivering the ball with accuracy. So Which here, is something that's always been an issue uh, for him. Drew, Drew didn't pull up his – I think he completed something like 50 – only 56% of his passes. I looked earlier in the – the season and he was under forty percent. This was like half halfway through. Yeah, it wasn't good. And your your numbers at JUCO, I'll, we'll get it pulled up here in a second. They're not going to be great in general because you're a lot of times you're running for your life. This team wasn't great bad. either. Yeah, they were four and five in Mississippi JUCO. Let's get to the statistics. And you're a lot of times it's broken down plays and you're just trying to make right. something happen. Uh, I know a couple weeks he like there was one week he had like a four touchdown week, um, so. He had, he certainly can provide the big plays. Um, Completed fifty one point six percent of his passes. There we go. Yeah, just over fifty one. Averaged, but seven point one yards of attempt. So he was getting some big plays. Eighteen touchdowns, five interceptions. Did not provide anything in the run game. Hell, had three fumbles. Don't look like they used him much as a runner. His long of fourteen yards was his long run. So, about what you would expect, honestly. The uh, big he provides some big plays, but that fifty one point six percent completion percentage without knowing much about what they were at receiver, if they had a lot of drops or whatnot, tells you that obviously the inaccuracy is still there. But he was able to hit on some big plays. So yeah, so it, still a raw, you know, still a growing prospect, mm-hmm. and he has to, he'll have two years there in Nashville. Yeah, if he but he's entering a. Re- a room at the same time as another junior college quarterback and two fr- true freshmen. Every quarterback Vandy had last year has left the program. Riley Neal graduated. Mm-hmm. Moa Son. Moa Son's in the transfer portal. And then Deuce Wallace, who was the backup, who got a couple starts, he's no longer on the team. And I don't I think he I don't think he's in the portal. I'm not, he, he might have done that thing at Vanderbilt where you like go to medical school instead of keep playing football. They do they they do that. Is that, is that right? Yeah, there was a kid uh I mean, I forget his name, but it was before Shermer became their quarterback. Who did that? Who was like, yeah, I'm done playing football. I'm going to go finish medical school. It's like, yeah, can't blame you. Must be nice. <laughs> get a MD from Vanderbilt. You cannot blame him one bit. But I, I hope we get that at the Krog this fall. And I, I hope we get to see our man Donut. And to kind of tell the short story of Michael Jennings' recruitment, it's been uh, – Kentucky's been – his day one. He camped at UK. He's been on the top of UK's board in the 2020 class for a very long time. Since 2016. Right. Now this – so you got to go back four years. He camped at UK entering his freshman year at Dublin Kaufman High School. Same high school Gunnar Hoke attended, uh, which is in the suburb of Columbus. Mm-hmm. And so Kentucky – Vince Mayer offers him in this camp. Vince, he, he's on him like white on rice throughout. But Drennan, he's quite kid. His family, they're quite folks. Drennan probably did in the last four years. I bet he did five interviews with that the guy Bill Green from Twenty Four Seven, and then Josh Helmhold at Rivals. He would his dad would talk to Helmhold, and that was it. it. Was all we would get out of his camp, and it was very sporadic here and there. And throughout the entire time, Kentucky was near the top. At first, the top pursuer was Ohio State. It was Urban Meyer? He he had him on campus early. Urban Meyer had his eyes on him. Urban leaves, and then there's thought, oh, he might go to USC. Well, Drennan also has some family out in USC, apparently. I don't know if it's an uncle or a cousin or what. But he has some family out there. So There was a whole West Coast kind of swing where 
said he was going to take visits to USC, UCLA, Arizona State, maybe another Pac-12 school, and then they didn't happen. Then there was a rumor that he might visit Florida. That didn't happen. So it was a it was a recruitment to your point that was just kind of all over the place. You just didn't really know where it was going at any point. And so yeah, so basically, long story short, it's come down to Kentucky and USC. Yeah, we've known for over a month now that these are the the two schools. It was yeah. going to be one of them. There was um there was a thought. So so he he. He officially visited Kentucky in September for the Florida game. There's a lot of kids there. Oxendine, uh, Vito Tisdale, a lot of the – Tyler Barron was there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the big – and then you had all the commitments there too, John Young, Bo Allen, et cetera, et cetera. But since then, the only other place he's officially visited was USC. And there was a thought um, that once he didn't sign with Kentucky in December that he would visit elsewhere. Um, whether it be Arizona State, I think Oregon or Washington was thrown around there. It was all those West Coast schools, which, again. And I think there were a couple of SEC schools that tried to get in on him, but he just. Florida, there was a couple where they were like, oh, he's going to officially visit went, Florida. He went to USC, looks like the weekend of like December 7th. Yeah, or the third, well, that first weekend. Um, and then, I mean, 24-7 so has So that was even, even before the first signing day. Yeah. 24-7, I think they reported he was going to Florida and Arizona State. They never took it off his little timeline. Mm-hmm. But um, th- those didn't happen. Um, so now we get down into the home stretch, and uh, a-, a week before signing day, he does an interview. All while Vince Merrow is weighing his options to potentially go to Youngstown State or not. And I don't have the quote pulled up, but it's like, you know, if he's not there, like that's going to – it's going to factor into my decision. It's not going to be solely based on that, but, you know, I, I'm really comfortable with Vince. I know he's there. So, ultimately, Vince turns him down, and people think, okay, well, this all's looking well for Drennan in the U.K., but now, what, what, was, what was the latest you heard about USC? Like, I, I feel like in the last week, USC is still kind of just like, don't count them out, don't count them out. Yeah, they feel good. Uh, the guy recruiting Drennan, this guy named Mike Jinx, he has Texas Tech ties. He was an assistant Texas Tech under Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. He's a running backs coach. Bowling Green decides to hire a coach. Bowling Green, of course, in Ohio in the MAC. They hired Jinx for some unknown reason. This guy all Texas ties, but so he's at Bowling Green for a couple years before he gets fired, and so I guess he built some Ohio ties that way. So. Mm-hmm. So he's at USC. He's their running backs coach now. Of course, he reunited with Graham Harrell, who used to play at Texas Tech, just part of that area tree. So he's the guy I think has really been pushing to recruiting him. I think USC has had – I believe they had an in-home visit with him here recently. I think they were the last school to get in there to see him face-to-face. And so it seems like he's at the top of their board too. And I think they really think they have a good shot to get him. And when you look at all the experts' picks, whether it be Crystal Ball, Rivals Forecasts, they're all saying that that Kentucky's the pick. 100% of them mm-hmm. are saying that. Yeah. So either this is uh, one of the best hidden secrets we've seen in recruiting, which we do see sometimes, mm-hmm. where he, everybody gets it wrong and he announces he's going to USC. Or it's just been this delay type of thing. You know, this kid's a little different. He's taking his time with recruiting, and he just decides, you know what, I'm going to go to Kentucky. There's an obvious role for him in the slot to come in and be a plug-and-play type player. 
And with the success Kentucky's had with guys from his area, it would make a lot of sense. But, yeah, you don't know. I mean, this is this is a recruitment that's really up in the air. I don't think he, either side knows, either coaching staff. They're probably all, They're probably doing the same thing we are doing right now. At the Joe Craft football facility, they have their computers up like we do, and out at USC mm-hmm. at their football facility, Clay Ooh, Helton. We've got we've got a hat Graham update. Harrell. We do have a hat. We update. have okay. a hat update. Okay. I, oh man, great news! Great news, Adam. Look at look at that USC hat. Oh, it's that is flimsy. floppy. Oh, that is so flimsy. That UK hat is crisp. Man, that, they even folded the bill. Oh man, that, while the Michigan hat. It looks like they just bought that at the mall today. Oh, definitely. Florida hat's orange. Florida's not even orange. Like, oh, lock it up. We did it. <laughs> we, got, we got the hat. The hat update. <laughs> the telltale sign. Oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love so it. So it's 6 and we've got the hats. But we we've have no one hats. at the table yet. And this is from the USC guy. Wow. Yeah, so USC – I believe it's from the rival site. Uh-huh. They sent him there today to Columbus to cover this. Now, USC, it's been kind of a quiet recruiting class, obviously, because just like we talked about Derek Mason's uh, lame duck head coach, they had the same thing there. They brought that guy back. It was a big surprise. The recruiting class is ranked in the 50s, which is unbelievably awful for Southern Cal. And this guy is a big deal for them. They're trying to get him. I believe he'll only be the third or fourth for four-star recruit in their class so so it's a big deal for them and they're sending a guy down there so like I like we alluded to they think they have a, a shot at them and Kentucky obviously thinks they have a shot at them oh man I'm just I'm, so I'm, it looks I'm like fired this, up this guy might be the guy we need to follow Scott Schrader yeah Scott Schrader thanks for your work man man I'm see gosh I'm just See, and here's the the problem that I've had with this national signing day lucky. That's the first time my juices have really got flowing today. There's been a couple times where I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome! Oh, that's hilarious!" But not like really in you know, like nothing that was, um, you know, really jumped off the board today. So I, I well, left. it just to put it bluntly, it kind of sucks that. This day has kind of been yeah, yanked well, out from under us. Especially because now it's in December and it's in the middle of bowl season. We don't have time to build up to it. Yeah. But at the same time, from Kentucky's point of view, I think it works out better for them having the early signing day. Oh, oh, much better. So it is a double-edged sword there. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. So I, I from a – Getting it over with standpoint, I liked it. I know it's better for Kentucky because they don't have as many guys to like fend off down the stretch. But it is unfortunate that we don't get the real build up with the crescendo on National Signing Day. Um, so far, a couple of the highlights while we continue to wait for Michael Jernan's announcement. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz. What a nerd. <laughs> oh, my God. What a freaking dork. Now, Nick, you need ex- Explain to our listeners. (sighs) Okay, folks. The the reason for your frustration. Okay. So, Eli Drinkwitz, if you don't know the name, he is the new Missouri head football coach. And he replaces Barry Odom, a pretty popular person uh, around. A man's man. Oh, former linebacker, um, an all SEC guy, um, I believe. Big 12. Big 12. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He might have even been in the Big 8. It's either Big A or Big 12, but either way, yes. Um, so, I am 
I was at least a Barry Odom fan in that kind of it was kind of like Mark Fox where Mark Stoops they they were kind of cut from the same cloth you know rough and tough kind of guy um, who had a, str- a scratch and claw to win. Barry Odom got the SEC. He wasn't great, but he got the SEC, and that was a fun little back and forth. Eli Drinkwitz is a freaking nerd. He looks like an accountant. He's just a, he's one of Scott's tides, okay? <laughs> he he was the offensive coordinator for Satterfield at well, Appalachian he was State. At, he was at NC State, and then they hired him. He didn't work for Satterfield. He, just, he was his replacement. Mm-hmm. Either way, yeah. they're nerds, both of them. Yeah, yeah I'm talking he's a Malzahn guy. Yes. So this is his first uh, head coaching – or. First big boy head coaching right. job. Only his second year. He only had one year of head coaching experience. Went to App State. Mm-hmm. They went twelve and one. Yes, very and, good. And he kept that thing in the rolling. Top twenty-five, right? But just like I mean, that, the part that I don't, I don't get about this, and and what happened was is Drinkwitz coming in in December, kind of later. You know, you're scrapping together trying to call him, put together some sort of recruiting class. In the process, he's he you know, he's done fine. He's picked up a lot, a lot of kids from St. Louis. You know that's, but at some point, I think that like for up until like a week ago, all of their kids were Missouri kids. So they were, they were fighting real hard to try to get anybody from out of state. So today, and just a little bit of Missouri's history, like when they were at their best in the Big Twelve, they were really recruiting Texas well. Yes. So for them, recruiting and getting in there has always been kind of a big deal. And it's always been an emphasis for them. Since they've gone to SEC, obviously, that has gone away from them a little bit. Yeah. And so – Well, it's harder, too, when you're not playing against those schools. Right. And, you know, you, you – So whenever – yeah, right. So, but, but whenever they get in Texas, they, they usually make a big deal out of it. So, today, they're, they're got a couple decisions coming down the stretch. And Drinkwitz has – this cornerback, three-star cornerback, um, I didn't want to put, like, in the post I wrote, I didn't want to be a jerk, but his, his name's Enos Rakestraw, and he's ranked, like, the 900th quarterback in the country. Corner, excuse me, corner, by, like, rivals of 24-7. Way down, he's just your middle-of-the-road three-star guy. Middle, yeah, middle-of-the-road three-star. They have him at 893 in the composite, so. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't want to be a jerk, so I just call him a three-star. But he had offers from Alabama and Texas. Those hats were on the table. Right, and here's what happens here. Alabama and Texas probably missed on some of their early guys, so they're just looking for a body maybe. Yeah. And they see somebody who. He'd be a nice a t- he's, a, he's a tall, lean corner, so they think, you know, maybe you can develop this guy. Well, so he so visits all three places, Missouri, Alabama, and Texas, in, here recently in January. Mm-hmm. And then he announces today. Well, in Alabama, they got the one kid. UK was recruiting the JUCO kid. So they got their guy to Ryan play right George. away. So they're like, all right, let's go get, um, you know, a, a nice but little it, project. It doesn't matter. The, the the whole point in this thing is that Missouri got this guy's commitment. And yes. then Eli Drinkowitz's reaction. He lost his mind. Just, and he looked like a, kind of like a uh, possessed white shirt to a certain extent. <laughs> I could see it how hyped he was and how intense he was. And uh, the best comparison, I mean, he looked like an accountant on April 16th, just fired up that it's finally over with, but not quite as disheveled and as exhausted yet. He still had a lot of juice, a lot of energy. And he's he's walking around the office just like trying to find people. I don't really know what he's doing, but it's like, is this is this what you do for, I mean – you kind of sh- you're at Missouri. You should be doing this. I would have hate to seen his reaction if he didn't get him. Yeah, like what? 
this is SEC football, dude. You're supposed to get some. I mean, he's not even a big guy. He's not even four star. I they just all of it. I'm I'm ready to just shove this nerd in a locker. Barry Odom saw that and was like, dude, get your sh- crap together. Get it together, dude. Lock it up. And I just I just wanted to shove him into a locker, throw him in a garbage can. I just all the inner bully came out of me like you freaking nerd. Mark Stoops is going to eat your lunch, buddy. For the next ten years, you ain't got a freaking chance in hell. I just I oh it, there was like an anger and hilariousness that it, it just evoked so much motion from me seeing this nerd take a football guy's spot and then to come in and like act like he won the SEC. They won the, they won the SECs twice like five years ago. Gary Finkel. What <laughs> was that? Twenty thirteen. 2014? Yeah, 2013-14, back-to-back. Yeah, back. Like, and you're, now you're just losing your mind over a three-star cornerback? Come on. Yeah. Grow up. I do like, in this era, getting to see some of these instant reaction uh, videos. And to just give us some content that we've not seen before, some, some reactions that we've not seen before. But with that said, it was a little, like, they must think this guy is – Josh Allen or something, because that's what his reaction was. Yeah. I mean, that that's the kind of – so when Kentucky, they posted something similar when Wondell Robinson committed to – that's a big deal. That's a Mr. Football top 200 recruit from your they state. They did with Drew Barker, too. Yeah. Okay. So you've done it for a couple of the big ones. Man, for that. And then, of course, what does he do? What does Drinkwitz do afterwards in his press conference? That's school down the road. He's uh, they, they try they tried to recruit everybody after us. He was talking about Arkansas. No, he's uh, yeah, he's whining about Arkansas. Right, good. Sam Pittman, give him a firm handshake. <laughs> oh man, uh, we got more breaking news. And you know who's the defensive coordinator at Arkansas? Who's the defensive coordinator at Arkansas? Barry Odom. God, I just hope it, they just smash it. That's, that's, be, that's I'm a big about rivalry, man. Yeah. Well, that's they're trying to full, make it be one. Um. I think they will, though, because I didn't realize, too, Fayetteville is a piss and a fart away from Missouri. Yeah, I it's think right that's there. why they've, they've they built, like, this makeshift rivalry trophy. It's kind of a cool trophy. It's With, very, it's not as cool as the Big Ten trophies, but, like, for, you know, as far as, like, They're calling makeshift. it, like, the border war? Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's fun. But, yeah, Barry Odom, now that Arkansas, God. definitely spices it up a bit. I sure as hell hope so. I sure as hell hope so. I, um... We can talk more signing day stuff. We're still waiting around for Michael Drennan, but as you said earlier, the hat's dead giveaway. So now it's just we're just waiting. Uh, all all we've done is left with the the rolling of the dice. Um, but we have some breaking news on the coaching front. Pat Narduzzi just tweeted out a video. It's he tweeted out the, the uh, show goes on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> Which, like, that's a little bit played out by now. Yeah. Was was Clay Thompson the first one that did that? I can't remember. But a lot of people do it now. Yeah. And it's, but the editing skills in this are pretty bad. Oh, man, they're so bad. <laughs> and you know what? Good for him. He shouldn't leave. Michigan State's a bad job. The Well, right now it is. Yeah, exactly. Because, all right. Well, the timing of it all is just right. bad, bad, bad. Timing. So, Mark D'Antonio, um, who I'm just – I'm just going to call him a bad guy. I don't know the details of all that scandal, but Mark D'Antonio in the middle of a scandal that seems to have been going on for like three years now. He's getting sued by a former assistant. There was sexual assault. There's recruiting allegations. All sorts of stuff. Long story short, there's they have video of, I guess, him talking to a coach. He asked the coach 
you know, they ask him, how would you feel? They were asking whether they should take this kid because he has a checkered past, checkered, I guess, criminal background. And they asked him, he said, if my daughter was on this campus, I wouldn't feel safe bringing him here. Yes. And But D'Antonio responds with saying, I know I'm going to take, like, a personal interest in this kid. Our locker room culture will take care of him. Kid shows up, rape, rape somebody. Yeah. And he's he's in prison right now. Yeah. And so that sexual assault is going on. Be. And in that class, they brought in four four of the five guys they brought in. I believe they were maybe their most – their most highest rated, I guess, recruits in that class or close to it. They all got in trouble for some type of sexual assault. So – that's really what's that's what's going on. Plus, on top of the the Nasser stuff, they had the president and the athletic director of the of the school have already been fired. Yeah, no accountability whatsoever. At and that then university. even Tom Izzo had, I believe it was Keith Appling and a couple other basketball yeah. players who were charged. Were I don't know if they ever got charged, but they were accused of a sexual assault type thing. So it's really the whole the whole thing the is whole thing is me- gross. Really messed up. Right? And I, I kind of expected Izzo to weather all that storm. Just because of what he's done, um, but I, for what like, why would you keep D'Antonio around? Because it seemed like this stuff stuck around a lot more, and then to let him just walk away, I guess. Would his bio would pay in his bio? I didn't look into the minutia. Would his bio be more than what his his retention bonus was? See, it I don't had, know. It had to have been because there's no other reason for them well, to let him. You do also it. have to look at it this way that D'Antonio had been there. 13 years, won three Big Ten titles. He owned Michigan for the most part. They made the college football freaking playoff with him. Yeah, that's surprising. So like, I forgot that. Like if I forget it all the right, time. If Yeah, that's going to be like a weird uh, trivia, trivia question. question in 20 years. Because they were – I think it was the second year they made it. Yeah. The year that they blocked the Michigan punt. See, it was the year Ohio State had all their guys back, and they, they beat them – in Columbus, mm-hmm. because they wouldn't give Ezekiel the ball. And much. then in Michigan, they blocked a punt. The mm-hmm. dude like gets his head out no of soccer because they jump yeah, on him. They had no reason winning that game. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was kind of dumb. Luck. So I get. Yes, he's done a lot for you, but at the same time, dude had to go. They've been really bad the last two years. Their offense couldn't do anything at all. He did the thing where he like switched all. Like he like made his defensive backs coach his receivers coach. Yeah. And he, like yeah, Jay was just. I mean, buddy. Since he lost Pat Narduzzi, who we were just talking about, it's yes. kind of fallen apart a bit. Right. Narduzzi was his defensive coordinator, correct? Mm-hmm. And yes. went to Pitt uh, about three years ago. Took him a year and a half or so to really get rolling. Yeah, I mean, Narduzzi's just, just been okay at Pitt. I mean, he's hovered around 7-5 and five yeah. with, which, with a 5-7 and seven and an 8-5 and five thrown in there. Yeah, which not bad at Pitt, all things considered, what he had to take over and inherit and all that good stuff. Right. So now you've got this uh, job opening, and I think it was the Rivals board who posted a short list of candidates. And the number one choice, obviously, is Luke Fickle. Because uh-huh. Fickle, well, interim at Ohio State, he's defensive coordinator there, I believe, goes to Cincinnati, and he's just kicking rocks. Cincinnati is the new Louisville as far as, like, great uh, step-up job, stepping stone job. Because mm-hmm. you can go in the American. Their recruiting class is ranked 40th. It's ranked higher than Louisville, NC State, <laughs> yeah, Missouri, a few other schools. So like they're really racking or cleaning up on the recruiting trail. And Fickles won 11 games consecutive seasons, and they're going to be the favorite in the AAC probably this year. The last person to do that, Brian Kelly. Right. Yeah. So and he goes up to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So he he's had he's in a position right now where he could be choosy, and we'll see. Yeah. 
He could be. But sorry, I thought I had a journey update, so I'll pause there. But it's not oh, nothing. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I got the same but, thing. But Bruce Feldman put out a list of candidates, and it's pretty much that Fickle is. It's all or nothing on Fickle, and then Narduzzi second. But now Narduzzi's taking himself out of it. Yeah. And then after that, it was it was Pat Shermer who graduated from Michigan State. Hadn't coached college since like twenty twenty two years. Right. He was and Stanford O-line. There was Jeff Munkin, the Army coach, which all these media types throw they throw Munkin at all of these. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of these job search has Munkin listed. And I, I mean. Yeah, he's good, but I guess because they they don't have anybody else because the dust has kind of settled. But the one guy who threw out Mark Stoops' name, why would Mark Stoops, in his right mind, go to Michigan State? They don't have more money. Well, like I listen. guess I guess for so he, to peel, if if I'm if this is me and I like I, I get why. That guy, if I was working his job, I would throw out Mark Stoops' name just because I need a long list of names and candidates. But Mark Stoops has no incentive to leave Kentucky for Here's Michigan State. Here's the thing. State. If Michigan State and Kentucky are both performing at the top of their abilities, Michigan State's probably a little better job. It's got a little more tradition, mm-hmm. maybe easier to track talent to. And, I mean, that's about it. Yeah. But they're in the same tier kind of of jobs. Yeah. And like Mark Stoops will be leaving seven years of hard work. <laughs> yeah, really hard work. Building this up to a program where he's replacing a guy that you're probably not going to win as much. You know, three Big Ten titles in a college football playoff appearance. That's a high bar to yeah. get over. And there's a lot of messed up stuff going on. And they don't have an AD. They don't have a president. And you've got – Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in your division. Right, and the Big Ten East right now is tough. Well, they're playing two. Uh, is it eighteen? Uh, no, no, nine not, conference. Nine games. conference games a year. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a it's a hard place to succeed. Um, and so you to get somebody um, to get somebody who. Uh, sorry, folks, we're we're a little bit distracted trying <laughs> to get our journey updates. We're now twenty minutes behind. Um, not seeing. Uh, all I'm seeing are Pat Narduzzi retweets. Yeah, that's really all I'm seeing right now. The thing is, is the guy who's who is tweeted out the hat picture is USC's publisher for right. their rival site. So, like, why would he go out there if he didn't think that they were getting him? You know, like that. Yeah. That, so, yeah. like that. That's what's so weird about this. But no entire, one, no one has it picked. That's what's so weird about this entire thing is it gives you just enough to doubt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's just enough doubt that he could go elsewhere. But what there is no doubt is that Mark Stoops, he ain't going to Michigan State. And like we said last week, Vince Merrill ain't going to Youngstown State. Luck it. It played out a little bit differently than we thought um, it would. It, it, I, I think things got a little bit more serious. But I'm of the belief that Vince used that opening for two reasons. One – to make it clear that he wants to everybody that he wants to be a head coach one day. Mm-hmm. And you, you you take those interviews to get your name out there so that Bruce Feldman will and put you on a trip list. Interview practice. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Jim Trestle's there. You, you, I mean, hell, worst comes to worst, you're hanging out with Jim Trestle for an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you can't blame him for that at all. Two, I think he's using it for leverage. Not necessarily for a raise, though. And – it's mostly because of how the timeline of events went down. Bo Pelini and 
Vince Merrill boys. Go way back. Mm-hmm. He took his sweet time to get out of there. We thought, okay, maybe it's so they'll line up Carl Blaney. But maybe it was so they could, you know, he, he talked to Vince and Vince said, hey, um, well, let me let me get in on this action. And, okay, I don't, I'm not, that probably didn't happen, but there's a lot of dots out there and I'm trying to connect them. I'm doing the, um, the Charlie Day and the uh, oh, I the GIF, f- yes. What, I, the, I forget it's the like guys. Hor- uh, Jorge, not. Oh, no. Is that from Sonny or Horrible it's, Bosses? It's, it's Sonny, um, and he's trying to connect the dots, and that's me right now. Right. And it's Pepe Silva. That's what it is. I'm Pepe. I'm trying to find Pepe Silva here because it felt very orchestrated. Because yeah. who who sure. who goes on TV? And does an interview a day after their name comes out for the job, unless they want to use that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then Matt reports, "Hey, this is he, he's going to be in talks with them. It's moving along. This is getting serious." And then Michael Drennan, a guy who doesn't do interviews, goes and does a public interview that, like, man, if, if Vince is, a, I don't know about this. I think Vince Merrill wanted to plant the idea in Michael Drennan's head. Hey, this is a reality in college football. Your coaches leave. Okay? It happens all the time. He's not a big negative recruiting guy. Well, you know what's the easiest way to negative recruit against USC? Say Clay Helton's going to be fired in a year because that's what's going to happen. He's always on the hot seat. So, maybe Drennan just hadn't seen the reality of that before. This gives him an opportunity to see, hey, here's what it's like if – um, my coach is potentially leaving. I certainly think it was a little bit of a recruiting leverage play. Now, what? It, like, the, there's something there. There's a lot of smoke. I can't find the fire that I like actually pin it down. But this, look, and I'm not crazy, am I? There was no real reason for him to take the Youngstown State job. Like, what Merrill brings to the table is this recruiting powerhouse this force of nature on the recruiting trail that is kind of eliminated when you go to fcs <laughs> so like that does that just doesn't make any sense he has never been at the fcs level to my knowledge i think the plan for him was like you said to get his name out there to show some interest in this and to meet with them and just see what they had just hear, hear what they had to say it, but i don't think he was when he went up there i never thought he was like, I'm taking this job. Never. I think it's just listen, let me hear what they have to say, and that's the bottom line. But And I think at the same time, I think they, they were definitely like, hey, we can use this as kind of le- some last-minute leverage to hopefully close yeah. on this guy they're recruiting at the moment. At least give some buzz, generate right. some buzz. And also show, like, I, I, I think there's also a lot of value in – Vince Marrow saying, hey, I want to be a head coach. Here's head coaching opportunity. I can go to my hometown team. But you know what? UK means more to me. I'm going to stick around there because that's how much I love UK. Mm-hmm. And kind of give Drennan some reassurance, like, I'm here to stay. People love me. People want me at UK. Right. Now, I, I did find one thing that was pretty funny. Did you see the the message on Catzilla? It was Roland tweeted it out. And it was something that, like, and I, I, you know, you take all of this stuff with a grain of salt. But they were like sitting in the booth where uh, Vince Marrow 
just got a job offer and his jaw dropped yeah. and, and the steak sauce was running down his mouth. That's I think that person's completely full of it. Oh, yeah. But, but what if he's not? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too. That's, that's hilarious about college football recruiting. It makes it so wonderfully stupid is that, like, all of the stuff with Hugh Freeze all started because of, like, some message board guy mm-hmm. who went digging through phone records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, you know, there's – you never know. But I, I do ultimately think that part of Marrow's college football. Marrow's moves last week, it was all kind of a power play to kind of flex a little bit for Drennan. And because honestly, look at what more could Kentucky do? When they when he delayed this, I mean they they've been recruiting in five years. What more can you say? You can't I mean you're oh you're gonna do another in home visit, what are you gonna talk about? You know? Yeah, everything's out on the table. It's just up to Mike Drennan to make a decision. That's what we're waiting on here. Yeah. As we're at six twenty six PM. Yes. We're it, told six o'clock. Yeah, which this is uh, so my, right on time. My 47 minutes <laughs> is, is, about, is about right. Oh, man. Uh, well, the problem with is there's not even a stream, so we don't even know what's going on up there in Columbus. <laughs> we don't know if there's other people there, if there's his coach talking, if his parents maybe want to make a statement. Oh man, have you ever been to a recruiting announcement like it? I have not. Oh man, it's fun. I could imagine. The, and so, uh, a few few quick stories. One, I'm pretty sure Drew and I watched a drug deal happen outside of a high school when Drew Barker committed. That was hilarious. He's <laughs> like, "Why are those two guys going to their car? Two kids, I should say, because." They were in high school while we're like waiting outside in our car. Like, man, this is kind of creepy. We should try to figure out how to go to the auditorium for Drew's uh, uh, actual announcement. So that was weird. The JJ Weaver one was fun because they made it like a party. There's a guy who was. Uh, Didn't he have an after party at the Jefferson Mall? Yeah, yes. yeah, they had an after awesome. party at the J Mall. But there was a dude who was like a, I don't know if he was PE teacher or what, but he reminded me of preacher, of like a preacher. He was like, let me get two cups. And like they'd all <laughs> clap twice at once. And he was like a real good hype man. Um, and then for JJ's, they like dropped balloons and streamer. Like it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Um, but a lot of these, they always run late. They always run yeah, late. None, Except, none of them ever run on time. Oh, no. Take it back. There was one who did. Who was that? Who actually went early. And that was Ernest Sanders. Ernest Sanders. My guy. Yeah. Big Ernie. Ernie went on time or early. And then there was one in basketball recently. I think it was Isaiah Jackson, who's was broadcast on a radio thing. And that one was earlier on time as well. So, oh, crude. Gotta love it. So, those are, uh, those are just, those aren't, uh, what am I looking for here? Those are just blips on the radar. Those aren't a uh, major trend. The early announcements. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I am enjoying right now just all the people refreshing that are just trying to get after it. Um, yeah. Does uh does our site go down today, Mr. Ralph? Oh, not once that Apple goes out, crashing right away. Oh, oh, we're going live. Okay, here we live. go. We got a live stream. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Man, I feel like we're in the. Uh, Situation room. And we're... Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and like a much... Do you remember Hamadou Diallo's where the one dude's phone uh, ran out of battery? Okay. Yes, I do. Now that you say that. <laughs> I, 
that was wild. That was that was really funny. So right now, Drennan, he's braided up. He is. He got a, his hair. Got, dude. He annual, got rid of the blonde. The Emmanuel quickly. Got rid of the honey badger blonde. Yeah. Um. Now, I, oh, th- there's a guy. I guess and it's his dad talking right now. I'm not, or maybe somebody he works out with. Do Do you want to put the the volume on? That's your call. Do you think we'll be able to pick it up? Um. Now this Hope Fitness Academy. I'm guessing this is kind of like his, his gym, gym. Yeah. like like a what is it? Aspire here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now they're telling life stories. Yeah, life stories. Okay. Oh, what, Nick, what what goes on in the first thirty minutes here before would they get on? There's a lot of um, just. Oh man, this kid's so good. He's got a bright future ahead of him. I remember when. There's a lot of I, I remember when story. No, I just meant like before they get to the podium. What are they doing in the? Why just let, letting everybody get there first. They have, you know, cupcakes in the back. Oh yeah, the thing that was cool. JJ's. They fed everybody that went there. They had like pizzas. Uh huh. For like so like. Uh, for each finalist, they had a table. And, of course, the U.K. table had a cake on it, but one of the tables had pizza. One of them had popcorn. I re- That's J.J. Weaver's. They did theirs really nice. Um, and unlike the uh, the rest of the uh, – like, like some of the other ones where – I'm sorry. I'm just distracted. Oh, he's got a donut shirt on too. That's one thing that we haven't. Uh, <laughs> we pl- haven't really. We haven't played up enough. We folks. haven't talked about enough. Yes, is that his name is Donut? Yes, Donut Drennan. And he's. I watched the interview. He said that he thinks it was his dad's name something when he was younger. So when he was playing, I guess flag football as a little kid, one of his dad's friends was like, "Man, he looks like he looked like Donut out there running." And then <laughs> that's just stuck. You know, he goes about Donut. And the thing is too, like it's not like a name like Flash. Like lightning, you know. Um, oh, we got a pause. Does that mean we're getting closer? Yeah. Can't but be I, getting farther away. I like that. I like that the uh, the I, either his dad or his trainer has on like a, a shirt that's just pic- pictures of him. Did you did you ever do like for like a bachelor party anything like the? No, uh, <laughs> no. Oh man, I've got I've got one for my for my bachelor party. That's pretty funny. Where we're like. Roll. I I don't even know what I'm dressed like, but it was it was from like a Halloween or something. Quite an embarrassing photo. Mm-hmm. Good stuff though. Real good stuff. Uh, man, I'm just I'm doing the thing where I'm kind of like like tapping right now, and oh man, see he's just laughing. My problem with this whole thing is I would kind of want to get it over with. You know, you'd be nervous. Yeah, like I would just want to like. Let's just do it and be done. But at the same time, there's like, okay, this is where I get, like, all attention on me. Has he already signed the papers, or are these going to be the real papers he's going to sign here? That I don't know because – No, what? Yeah, the schools don't know from, from all I we saw some – so, apparently, in the AM, they still hadn't received the papers like expected. But then, like, two hours ago, there was like, well, I think Kentucky's weathered the storm, so – Maybe they received the papers then, ah. not right away. So maybe it was after school. They couldn't get sense. the fax machine okay. working. We got somebody else coming up. Say a few words, it looks like. Um, can I also say, too, that I remember, like, Bo Allen, them try- or we talked to John Young. He was like, yeah, there's a lot of papers. Like, it's not just, like, one thing. And yeah, that makes sense. And we also talked to Isaiah Cummings. He was like, yeah, it's going to have to be later. I didn't realize my dad needed to sign it, too. So he's coming back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they had a, a lot of stuff to deal with. 
that's another recruitment that we don't really talk about enough. Isaiah Cummings. His dad works for U of L. And did you, Barrel tells a story. He's like, "You sure? You sure you're gonna let him go here?" <laughs> yeah, that? like that's it's pretty funny. Oh man, this also too. I, I wish this had been more of a normal recruitment because this kid's really explosive. He's really good. He is good. I broke down some tape on him last night. Um, Michael, oh. here we go. We getting something going? I think we are. Oh, they're gonna. They're gonna let He's him gonna say talk. something. <laughs> He's gonna talk first. He got his number on the back, number six. That's a good looking number. That's, that was Lim Bowden's number in high school. Oh, oh, more you know. Oh man, the uh, there's a GoPro in front of Drennan. That's blocking the UK hat. Here we go. It's cool. He's thinking God first. Stop good. podcasting right here. Great way to start. Thanking Something God. Something you've all seen already. We're showing you now. <laughs> <laughs> this is great podcasting. And the thing is, dude, I hope people understand are, are experiencing these emotions with us once again. Okay. Oh man, I thought I thought I thought we were getting there. Oh, I'm guessing that's his mother. Um, it's a Nike shirt too. Did you see Nike? Yes. Okay. And you see the Jordan on the Michigan and Florida's Jordan too, but you can't. I think yeah, you can see it a little bit. It's kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. Now up to one point three thousand. Do you think that they take the hats back that they don't use? Oh, that's a good question. Because like, why would you want to have that hat hanging around anymore? Right. And I'm cheap too. I'd take that back in a heartbeat. Can't have like. I didn't even know Michigan was in the running. Front. There was a lot of a lot of pictures you'll find of Michigan folks. They take a lot of photo galleries of recruits. Man, I gotta say too, if he doesn't pick UK, do not have a <laughs> commits to USC post ready. Okay. Oh, he's still he's talk some more. It's all good. <laughs> oh, this is great. I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, man, we are sweating this one out, Big Blue Nation, um, because the fact of the matter is is this guy is th- the heir to Lynn Bowden's throw. The next Lynn Bowden, do it all, he plug had, and play. He just has some of that ability in the open field that Kentucky just doesn't have right now. So it's a really important recruitment. There's no uh, hiding from that fact. Now, Kentucky's got numbers in the receiver room. There's no denying that. But after missing Wandell Robinson last year, this guy was the net. Like this is the same spot, and it, to lose that to two recruiting classes in a yeah. row would be a blow. And that's really the one spot that they've struck. They've recruited every other place well. You mm-hmm. would, uh, you the two knocks you had on them going in this cycle was quarterback, and uh, uh, and guys like this. They when they hit on Lynn Bowden, right? Defensive line for the longest time. They've kind of fixed that quarterback. Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen finally hit on their top quarterback. Gosh. He's doing like a retort. Oh, okay. okay. Here we go. Here, Here we go. go. Here we go. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, they're doing a drum roll. Michael Scott. Oh man. Oh, he got. He's him. really delaying it. Oh, he's gonna go. Oh, it looks like he doesn't actually know what he's doing. Oh, Florida he's, was tight. He's really playing. Oh this my out. God! He's, he's really, really playing it out. <laughs> Kentucky day one. 
Oh my gosh, what's he going to say about USC? Oh, Reggie Bush was at USC. Does he even remember Reggie Bush? He'd be like five years old, right? Yeah, Reggie Bush was 06 was his last year. Yeah. 14 years ago. Oh, gosh. Dude, come on. Stop. Picking up a Florida head, and now he's staring at it. AJ, where you at? I thought oh he was gonna have a gosh. pop come up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now he's he's gonna pick up every hat. Oh my gosh! What? Oh, he gave. Oh, here we go! Here we go! Woo! Hail the conquering hero! So. He's the right, right, right today. And it is Kentucky. Woo! So they brought a different hat, and the guy's got a Kentucky shirt on underneath, like you've all watching right now. Woo! Man, let's do it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what the hell I'm talking about. Yes. Woo! That was a lot. <laughs> the whole picking up the Florida hat thing, too. Wait. What kind of neck muscles you got going on there? Like, come on, bro. Yeah, I couldn't really hear. It was kind of breaking up on our end, but. Yeah, but hey. One. Kentucky gets the next limbo, and that poor USC publisher flew all the way out. I know. <laughs> hey, what kind, like, they had to give. <laughs> what scoop did he get? I would appreciate the. Yeah, the, the stream. It, it made this much more entertaining. How bad would it have been if we're having to just wait until uh, God knows when? Um to figure it out, but Michael Drennan will be a Kentucky Wildcat, and I think we – I don't think we can oversell just how significant it is. To go back to Laney on this position, you're not going to need him to play quarterback for you, but this offense can be so much more dynamic. Maybe maybe he's not play right away, Gal. Like it, but, you know, let's say that, that he, he has to slowly come along. If he has a Lynn Bowden freshman year, that's what, like – uh, four or five hundred yards receiving, you know, a, a couple rushes here and there, but not like he's our best offensive player. Maybe that doesn't happen. But in twenty twenty one, with Joey Gatewood at quarterback, you can do a lot more with a versatile weapon like Michael Drennan. Here, here's the thing, Kentucky, quite bluntly, out of the slot, does not have a guy to say, let's throw a screen to him, let's let him wiggle, get us maybe fifteen yards. They don't have a guy. Let's run a jet sweep. Let's toss it to him. Like, no offense to, like, Cleavon Thomas, who they used that a lot last year. Mm -hmm. That's not his strength. Nope. This is what this kid brings to offense. So, he's a gadget football player. You can line him up in running back. He can run some, some sweeps. You can put him in the slot, let him get the ball on some jet sweeps. You can throw screens to him. Or you can just do some very elementary stuff in the passing game just to get the ball in his hands. Because when he gets the ball – in his hands. He has great start and stop ability. He has really, really good wiggle, uh, short area quickness. He makes people miss in space. When you watch him on tape, it's hard for the first guy to bring him down. So he brings a skill set that Kentucky's offense does not have right now. And so when you're looking at that from that point of view, he's a guy that I think is going. It's, Justin Rogers is a lock to play as a true freshman. I think this guy right is right there with him as yeah, a lock to play yeah, as a true freshman. Definitely. Now, I'm not saying he's going to lead the team in targets. I'm not saying he's going to catch more than 15 balls. But they are going to make a concerted effort, I believe, to get him the ball in certain type 
of ways. Mm-hmm. And so, so from that point of view, and it was a top, their top guy on the board. When you looked at Kentucky's board four years ago in the 2020 class, or three years ago, it was Bo Allen, Justin Rogers, and this kid mm-hmm. were at the top of it. And they got all three of them. Yeah. So uh, it's a big recruiting win. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And, and Vince Merrill strikes again. Strikes again. And I think even more importantly, Adam, think about the marketing possibilities with your star player named Donut. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Good, if he's good. Oh, man. We are going to be eating donuts at the Krogue. Donut eating contest? Mm-hmm. Maybe have a little KK action? How many, how many hot glaze do you think you can put back? I don't do glaze. No, do glaze. If you if but, I had to, no, I'm talking about like was so. What's your your normal donut? Are you like a long john guy? No, just the chocolate, just the circle chocolate ones. Okay, so the traditional, just a regular chocolate circle. Mm-hmm. How many you put? How many you putting back? Hot ones. Yeah, and this is how many can you eat? Not just like a what, what do you want to eat? How many can can you eat? I could probably get six or seven down. Oh, see, give me a dozen don't I glaze. Do, I can do a donut. Put them back like that. I couldn't do a dozen. And you know what it is? Like you got to trick your brain to thinking that you still want more when you really don't. That's that's especially with donuts because they're very filling upon further review. But I always eat one or two more than I should because my brain hasn't caught up to like, oh, you just filled yourself with sugar and carbs. It's bad for you. But we're gonna have donut eating contests before football games because that's what we need to do. We need to do it for donuts. Secondly, Michael Drennan is a really good football player. This class had everything but like one marquee big athlete. And best class of all time? Yeah, I mean, time will tell. But we right did, now. Right as of now, signing as of, day. As of right now, it's quality. It's the highest rated just from first star ranking. Yep. And they addressed, I think, all their needs. I mean, they hit yeah. on pretty much everything. You know what this also it gives you a luxury that like if a couple of those other receivers don't work out, it's cool. Because you got this guy. Well, you just look at this receiver class and I think it's gonna we're gonna look back in four or five years and be like, damn, this that's was the class that helped fix this passing offense. You look at Khalil Branham, Ernest Sanders, who I'm really high on. Now you've got the this this like guy that you desperately needed, Mike Drennan, and then Isaiah Cummings on mm-hmm. the outside. They've got a lot of different body types. Everyone's a little different, mm-hmm. and I think that they all were recruited by big schools, man. <laughs> so I, I, I think they're going to make a big impact in Michael Smith's uh, receivers room, and I think this spring is big for a lot of guys in that receivers room or receivers room right now. Oh, I love. We got our Vince Marrow tweet. Boom! Don't ever doubt the big dog. <laughs> and he's got a dog emoji. Go big blue. I, I got to work on my Vince Marrow voice though. Ski, you got to get a little bit more like, <sighs> like a little bit more <laughs> yes. growl into it because he yes. he growls, he really does. Um, man, and is that the only dog? Aren't there multiple dog emojis? I feel like there's more than one. But either way, um, I'm excited. Big get for the cats. Uh, I enjoyed it when watching his tape bucket. The time, like a couple of times that like he almost got tackled by his own guy, where like it's a pulling there guard. There was one on the jet sweep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a pulling yes. guard who almost like trips him up and it and slows him down enough to where the safety almost catches him. But the dude's got breakaway speed. Right, it's absolutely incredible. So I'm excited for what he can do for Kentucky's offense. I know you're excited, but 
Do we, do we have any more remarks we would like to make on Michael Jordan, who's dominated most of this podcast as we awaited his decision? We've talked really. We 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 might have. Uh, it was a unique recruitment, one of the more unique I've seen. Yeah, but hey, how stretched out it was. He never made any visits. Mm-hmm. He went out to USC. It seems like that that was just to go see it because he thought it was cool. I think the whole time he was going to Kentucky, just. For whatever reason, he wanted to stretch it. I don't know if there was a one school. Maybe he was waiting on that offer, hopefully, and it never mm-hmm. came. But, you know, Kentucky, Kentucky though, I'm, they're, they're going to take it. I uh, am kind of worried. And, like, like there, there's a little part of me that I hope that the expectations of being the next well, one Bowden, like, that, that's the only problem we're going to run into. And we have to make sure that we don't. Yeah. Like, yes. when Bowden wasn't who he was on day one. He was a very – like, he made a couple big plays, but, hell, his biggest play in his freshman year, he fumbled at the end of it at Vandy. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it took him a while to become Wimboda. So we have to remember to be patient with him. You have to – he got hurt this year, like this past year. So, like, he missed some significant amount of snaps. I think he missed and, three or four games. Well, Delvin Kaufman is a rich tradition football power at Ohio. So this kid – kid has been coached well, where Bowden was just playing quarterback and running around, mm-hmm. and then he arrived late. Like, camp had been going almost two weeks before he even got there. This kid, I think, is going to have a faster start, but you're right. It is important to not – he's going to get unfairly compared to Bowden, and he didn't even – he doesn't even play quarterback. So – but they play they play the same position kind of in the offense. Uh, but it, we need to try to not compare him to him, but – we can't help it. But right. <laughs> it's too easy. But and especially also a kid. Like I'm, I'm very interested to see how they use him because you can use him at running back. He played a lot of running back mm-hmm. for Dublin Kaufman, and how they, how Eddie Grand kind of. And, and when Eddie Grand's your offensive coordinator, running backs awesome. coach, and he's going, he's going to get a little greedy and maybe want to try him at running back. And like we said, when Gatewood gets in there, having them in for maybe some, I don't know, zone read type stuff or whatever. They they can get they can get unique and like we've talked about with personnel packages. If he's a slot receiver, a defense will set it up to that type of personnel. But if you put him in a running back, you can catch him in maybe a defense that they don't want to be in. Yeah. Maybe they can get a linebacker right. covering him. Well, on the screen you might or... be able to get him in dime, and then that they then you shift him into the backfield, and then you're running against a light box, and it gives you numbers in the run game. Mm-hmm. So it's just different stuff like that. He's a one thing I bring up is he's a positionless football player because he can play that running back spot, because he can play slot receiver, that he can be tough to match up with and the different things he can do. And really, it's all about getting the ball in this guy's hands. It really is. And in I, space. Uh, if there's one thing we've learned, too, is that Kentucky, they're willing to adapt to their personnel, mm-hmm. um, and that will certainly be the case with Michael Jernan. So, I, I think – I hope y'all keep this in mind, and if he doesn't have you know 100 yards in his first game, chill out. But good thing is Kentucky opens with Eastern right. Michigan. Right. Going to be pretty easy to put up some big points in, get him comfortable. Right. We um, shouldn't expect for him to be this uber playmaker right away. But I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to yeah, play, and they're going to make a concerted effort to get the ball to him. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. It's been 10 minutes. The website, KentuckySportsRadio.com, still crashed. It's a little bit longer than normal. So – Hey, we're excited about football recruiting. Well, they probably got on at six and were like, what the hell is going on? And then got off. And then whenever we finally can get in there and publish your film room post, it's going to crash no. again because everybody's going to want to reach. 
<laughs> read that KSR film room. Okay, there's a couple other things that happen around college football that I really want to get to. And if it didn't get re- – oh, first off, Super Bowl commercial. Big fan. Outstanding. It was yeah. awesome. I watched it probably 25 times. It's so good. It was really good. And I like that – here's one thing that they're doing with it, though. They're pushing their chips in on this season. Mm-hmm. Like, to, I mean, the Super Bowl commercial – was really like they're saying a culmin- this is the culmination of all of the hard work we've put in. Why not now? The emphasis on the now. They weren't saying it specifically, but what they to me they were they're saying is like like it's our time kind of thing. Yeah. Like we're going after it. Yeah. And they did it in a great way. Uh adding Tayden Lorenzen was awesome mm-hmm. with Jared like looking over his shoulder. That was some of the older guys, Incredible. too, I thought was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you get uh, Oliver Barnett. Yeah, who still looks like he could kick some major butt. Dude, all of those guys. Art Still's the same way. Like, all, I don't know when Christian it is. Christian Alt was on there. Yeah. And Wilbur Hackett. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was a great ad. But I do think that, like, if, if there's one thing that we'll get into it when we get closer to the season, but. They're hyping this up a lot. There's a lot of if you lose one early, you're going to get some. That Florida game, there's a lot riding on that Florida game, second game of the year. And Terry, they're all the, – the Terry was a star of that. The front Terry, and center. The very end. God, it, it gave you chills, though, mm-hmm. right? It when was you're like, cool. Woo, mm-hmm. Terry's back. Mm-hmm. So, it got me fired up. Um, and also counting down the days to actual but football I, yeah, season. I think, I think it was a cap on how good the video team was this year of all the stuff they produce. But also, like we said, this is how you build a program. It talks about all the stuff they did. Mm-hmm. And then they end it with the why not now. So they so they say this is how you build it, but then they go to the fans and say we need your help. It takes, it takes you, it takes us all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you end with the why not now. It's like, like come you've on. Been, if you've been waiting on. for it. Here, it's here. Yeah. yeah. Get, get with it or get lost. Right. And then like the season, like they're – Kentucky to get where they're gonna go, it's gonna have to be number three. Like he's got to be on the, it. The guy, what's gonna take that team to the next level? Because like the defense, we can talk about it more, but the defense is gonna be awesome. I think I truly believe that. As long as the entry bug does not eat up their inside linebacker room because they're a little thin there, mm-hmm. but they are going to be awesome on defense. As long as that like that those guys can stay healthy, and then offensively. You get the four or five offensive linemen back. You got a ton of receivers with experience, even with losing Bowden. You got every running back back. If you get a quarterback come in there that can really elevate that make, offense. Make some downward th- throws right. downfield, stretch out defense. Then all of a sudden you really have something there. Well, because, I mean, when Steven Johnson was throwing to Jeff Bidette, mm-hmm. you, you saw the offense really take steps forward because they were able to kind of you know, stretch them out a little bit. Keep them honest. Right. Uh, well, even with offense, it's just the big play. If yeah. you can get that consistent big play, it opens up so much stuff. But, yeah, I think Terry, a lot's going to be riding on him this year. If Kentucky's going to achieve what we think they can achieve, it's going to be because he turns into one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. I, um, I'm, I'm, we're going to get to it more, but I'm just, I'm just pumped for it. Because, you know, this is And fun. like you said, that Florida game, week two, that's the in a lot of ways that's that's the game. Like yeah. You kind of you kind of have to win that one. Yeah, yeah. That, a lot's riding on it um, because if you don't get that win, uh, like you could still have a really good season. But there's no doubt, like the fan base is starting to look at it seriously now. I think, and I think that's the program. And what I'm talking about is 
winning the East. Like, they want to have Georgia at their house second last week of the year for the SEC East title on the line. That's the goal of the season, I think, is to get to that game again, like yeah. we were two years ago. Yeah, you're exactly exactly right. Um, on to other things from around. Like, if this didn't – this article wasn't released two days before National Signing Day, it would have been our headlining topic. Steve Spurrier did an extensive sit-down with Josh Kendall from The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Talked to him for two and a half hours about how things ended at South Carolina, how they soured. And if you've got an athletic subscription, you've got to read it. It's awesome. Mostly because Steve Spurrier, you, he's just talking. Like, I can I can hear his voice coming through the, mm-hmm. the, the thing. And, and really, it was one of those where – he kind of was a pop, like he wanted to just kind of clear the air with South Carolina fans and be like, listen, I didn't want to leave everybody hanging out to dry, and I made a lot of mistakes. But he flat out said that like he made he was like at one point I made a deal with God, and I said if we can just get a winning season this last one, I'll I'll get out of here. He's like, and then you know uh, I had these assistants, they were on two year contracts, and then somebody up from. You know, Florida radio station was like, you could be the first guy to win 100 games at two different schools. And he's like, I really, I really like first. So I was thinking about that. And and his wife said she didn't want to. Yeah, she, she, like, she, she loved, loved it. She loved yeah, being a part of the program. quit yet. But he he said that uh, after a loss, before he had this coming to Jesus moment, they lost at Tennessee to like three or something. Real stupid game. And he said that. He's like, I had Urban Meyer disease. <laughs> It was like, well, what the oh, hell? Oh, no, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, and he said, I tell people I had sort of the Urban Meyer disease. You know how when Urban has a has a loss, it just hits him? Well, <laughs> it hit me. I forgot the code of my dressing room door at the oh, stadium. Yeah. He said he had to ask Chris Matlock how to get in his dressing room. Ten years, same code, and all of a sudden, phone numbers, I forgot them. I had never quite had anything like that. And the losses were just hitting him, hitting him. He said that, like, players like were quit listening to him. He had, Stop going to chapel. Yeah, like so. On one occasion, a quarterback they called a play where it was a backside fade, and he just got fixated on the backside fade. He was, "Why didn't you look over there?" And he's like, "Bro, I know the play." He's like, "Bro, I'm coach." Like people just weren't paying attention. Well, he said, "Okay, bro." He gave him a bro answer back. Yeah, and he's like, "No, I'm coach." And and that where it really manifested was he's like, for ten years, fifty, sixty people shoved a chapel. I'm not making it mandatory. But, you know, good vibes is just a nice little thing. And then only 10 people showed up. And he could feel himself kind of losing the team. On one, two, I thought it was funny. He kind of was like, them contracts. You know, he didn't, I don't think he singled out Lorenzo Ward. But uh, yeah. But the author did. It was like. I went to Tanner. <laughs> that's what I thought. The AD, right, yeah, Tanner. He goes, yeah. I went to Tanner and said, I need, like, his contract. Yeah. But I also need uh three more years on all my assistants. Didn't get that done. And he's like, yeah, because this was after their last big 11 or 12 win season. Yeah, they had four years in a row where they won like right. 40 games, basically. And uh, so, long story short, man, he just – he had a – he probably let the staff go a little bit – get a little bit loose. Yeah, yeah, he let the staff get a little bit loose. And he got he, – he got old in front of our eyes yeah. pretty fast. And – the thing was, is he was like, you know, I still had passion and everything, but the part that really ate him up, the straw that finally broke the camel's back. And I think we all know what it was. He didn't mention it by name, but he said he also didn't realize the thought of more losses to all the foes who had waited so long to get their crack at him, savoring his decline. 
I don't mind telling you. I hated those camera guys. When the game's oh, yeah. over and I got my butt kicked and they all want to get right in my face <laughs> with that camera, like, here's Spurrier after we beat him. But still, it wasn't that so much. I had done a poor job of coaching the team, a lot of mistakes. I want the fans to know I made a bunch of mistakes that year, and the only way for me to correct them was for me to leave. I couldn't clean house and start over at age 70. You know who was on those camera guys? You. Me. <laughs> <laughs> after that game in – Which one, 15 or 14? It would be 14. So, uh, the Lexington. first time they beat him at Lexington, he was doing an interview with the TV reporter on the sideline after the game. I don't know why he came out there to do it, but I was walking past, like, like took a picture, like, right behind it, and I was giggling like a little schoolgirl. And it, it, I reached the conclusion while reading this that Steve Spurrier is uh, – Steve Spurrier is to SEC football as to what Bruce Pearl is to SEC basketball. Really good ball coach. Spurrier, much more legend, of course, for what he did, how he revolutionized the game right. in the 90s, win a national championship. Florida, that national title he won there, that's the last time college football's had a first-time national champion. It's been 24 years. Right. Florida State won their first one in 93, and then he won their first Florida's first one three years later. Yes, and since then we haven't had a first-time national champion. Mm-hmm. That's how hard it is to crack that coach. Spurrier, amazing. And he's one of those guys, too, that he's great with the media. He's really animated. He fires up the fan base like no other. And you kind of hate him, but you kind of like him. Right. When he, Like, if he was your coach, he'd be your favorite. But when he's not, you're really just like, oh, my gosh, this guy. You know, Bruce Pearl down there sweaty, firing up the fans. But we would love that if he was coaching at Kentucky, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Spurrier didn't cheat quite like Bruce Pearl's got caught cheating everywhere. He's or at been. least didn't get caught. Yeah. So... <laughs> And, and also, Pearl, he's just got one Final Four to his name. But they've both been to two places. Both have been kind of thorns in Kentucky's sides. And uh, I just you, – you love to hate them, hate to love them. It's a weird relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, I enjoyed that read. And I thought the sweetest part about it all is that his daughter tells people that God gave Steve Spurrier the AAF so he could go out as a winner. I, yeah. I, I feel sorry for him, though, because even the AAF – folded on him when he's doing well you can still tell he wants to get back in coaching like it's still he wants like they said if his his son ever gets a high school coaching job in Orlando Mm -hmm. he's going to be there his offensive coordinator he's working for Florida doing just kind of this made-up job I would assume yeah yeah and did you see SEC inside you know that the show where they go in and show practices or whatnot they Uh filmed it for Florida one for this past season one week, and there was a video circulate on the web where Dan Mullen was having a staff meeting, and they were, I guess, going up over plays or something, mm-hmm. and Spurrier walked in there and just started drawing up a play, <laughs> and Mullen had this look on his face. It's just like, what? get the hell out of my meeting room. <laughs> and so, like, he, I just feel bad for him that it ended the way it did. And like he said, in that 2014 year, they rallied, they beat Florida, where they blocked a punt and a kick in the same game. And then he beat Miami, which he never beat Miami before in the Independence Bowl. He should have got out right then. Yeah. Got greedy. And really, how about the Jake Fromm story? He thought he might have gotten Jake Fromm. And that would have been. But I'm going to tell you a secret. He wasn't getting Jake Fromm. Yeah, he wasn't leaving Georgia. Well, he he was committed to Alabama, and then Kirby came. Jake Fromm was either going to Alabama or Georgia. He wasn't going to South Carolina. Yeah. Still. It's, it's, It's one of those things where Spurrier. But I, he likes to play what if. You feel, I can't blame you him. feel bad for him because you know he doesn't want to hang it up. And and you've seen that because, like, he has a personality where he'd be great as a talking head. 
if he wanted to do that. But you can tell he has no interest in doing that. He wants to be involved somehow, some way. And that, 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 that made me feel bad for him because it ended so bad and so so quick. And that's how fast it can happen in college football. It can end like that. 2013, they finished sixth in the country. 2015, he's getting his butt whipped out everybody, and he just throws in the towel. It literally less than two years. That, yeah. That's how fast it can happen. I mean, he has some studs too back in the like Clowney, Alshon yeah. Jeffrey. Now he caught lightning in a bottle a little bit because South Carolina produced some players out of that state in a class, in a couple classes in a row, that they don't normally get. Yeah, which I mean, and, Clem, and Clemson was a little down at the moment. They were Dabo was slowly building up, and now. Now, now look, they've been turned upside down pretty much. Man, uh, hey, website's working again. What See that? Know? Yeah, what do you know? Mike Drennan, Kentucky Wildcat. You know what's also good about this? Like it? What's that? Since the early signing period started, they've they've pretty much locked up everyone except one or two guys. Mm-hmm. They've got them all, right? That's why we say the I miss. The traditional signing day, because we've got that build up to it. But there's no denying for the University of Kentucky, this early signing day has been a big hit, and it has helped them because there's probably a couple guys that they gotten that they probably wouldn't have got if we still had the traditional one signing day in February. Yeah, uh, man, I'm excited. But I mean, look, look what Chris Oates was one of them that they landed the first time around. Uh, he's pretty good, I think. Right, Just, you know, playing. Mm-hmm. Two years. True, true junior going to be starting next year. And then MJ Devonshire, he was on track to play until he broke his wrist last right. year. Absolutely. So, he's got a good track record of landing really good guys down the stretch. And it continues again with the addition of Michael Drennan. My name, Donut. My name, Donut. Donut's going to be a Wildcat. And personally, I, I didn't say it earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm a chocolate long john guy. Chocolate although, long are good. Although there's a new bakery by my house. That started making uh, these like cinnamon ones that have like little crunchies on them. It's, it's awesome, really awesome. Sugar and spice, Fern Creek. Those are good. Yeah, they have Oreo donut and a Butterfinger donut. The Oreo one. Yeah, oh, man. we, we life did, altering. Nick Roush. When we did uh, radio. Dugan would grab those, and I yeah, like their glaze. Good. They're smaller, mm-hmm. so you don't feel as bad if you eat like four. They're good. You have to get there early though, because they're packed. They sell day. out quick. Yeah, they are good. Oh man, well we're good. To go, we're glad y'all listened to us. Hopefully, you could put up with our stuff long enough while we like him and hawed around the Michael Drennan announcement. But it was an exciting day in the bluegrass. A happy National Signing Day uh, to all, and to all a good night. 2019 is officially over. Now on to 2020. 2021. No, I meant the season. That this is the end of the season. Today. The end of the 2020 season. Oh, 2019 season. The 2019 football season, not the 2020 football recruiting. Okay, I got you. Yes. And now we start all over. Next week, we're going to have to move this around because we're we're talking early enrollees. That's that's at least the tentative plan as we're talking to some of the media Spring practice coming down the chimney. We'll be here before you know it. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, It's been a blast. Enjoy the game. Suck at Tennessee. You're going down, you dirty balls. Rocky Top, Rocky Top can suck my...